0: You're worth so much more on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
1: Network. Oh, baby. Every Monday, Team Giannis. uh, For the first time since Giannis has been a captain of the NBA uh, All Star Game, he has finally bested LeBron James. Team Giannis takes down Team LeBron one eighty four to one seventy five. Giannis was literally in for the first bucket, which he scored, and then taken out as it was noticeably that his wrist was wrapped, and now he'll stay in uh, or go to New York and then get more testing on his wrist. But Rowdy, did you watch? uh, Good morning, by the way, Happy Monday! And did you watch any of the All Star game last night?
2: I watched. Zero of the skills <laughs> challenges and dunk contest or Same. three point contest. Zero of the draft. Zero of the NBA All Star Game.
1: I watched the highlights of the NBA dunk contest because I had to see how Mac McClung won the damn thing. He was actually had some pretty sick dunks. Uh, Shaq told him ahead of time, "No one knows who you are. No one really cares who you are. Go make a name for yourself." And Mac McClung won the NBA uh, All Star Dunk Competition. If you are wondering who Mac McClung is, he plays for the Seventy Sixers. Um, he his his salary is one hundred and six thousand dollars. He won an extra one hundred thousand dollars for the dunk competition, so he almost made a salary in one night. And also, Mac McClung is the nephew of former Brewers pitcher Seth McClung. Seth McClung, who has been on the show a couple times, is uh, now trying really hard to get free stuff and notoriety from his nephew, his cousin or nephew, whatever it is, for winning the NBA's uh, dunk competition. (laughs) So there's a Brewers connection for you. Seth McClung is related to the, uh, the kid Mac McClung. Where did he play? Was it Texas Tech? Uh, he, for Oklahoma. one year before yeah.
2: that, he was at was it Xavier Butler it was one of the two
1: something like that. So Mac McClung, I was like, I guarantee you, you'll never hear this guy ever again. It might be some trivia all star question down the road, but he won the NBA dunk competition. And then I saw a some highlights rowdy of the NBA's all star game last night. I was hoping one team would have broke two hundred, but Team Giannis got to one eighty four, Team LeBron one seventy five. It's uh, I have something hilarious to play for you because I, I watched – I had on his background noise for a little bit, but eventually I turned it off because my wife wanted to watch uh, her stories. So I was like, whatever, that's fine with me. But it's the NBA's All-Star Game. Who really gives a crap, you know? I mean, the only thing I cared about is, A, why is Giannis Adedekumbo in the game when he has a hurt wrist? And then, B, how fast can he get out of there? He literally scored the first bucket, and then they yanked him. So Giannis Rowdy is, uh was in, and then he was out. Now he's going to stay in New York. Uh, for more testing. so
2: Well, at least, you know, in an NBA All-Star game, even lesser than the regular season, there wasn't going to be any defense. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Not at all. It's just, you're really just tune it in for sick dunks. And then after the game, this was Giannis uh talking about Team Giannis finally getting a, they have a trophy for this now, by the way. So here's a. Uh, first think it was
3: time one. we do have a trophy for the winning team. And it happens just in time for Team Giannis because Giannis was 0-2 as a captain against LeBron James, but tonight you take that home, Giannis.
1: He's trying to pick it up. Don't
3: make a guy with a bad wrist hold it by himself. And they did. Hey. So so what's it feel like to finally to finally win this thing? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, that was worth the wait.
1: Oh. So that's, that's, there you go. There's the wrap-up of the NBA All-Star Game. Have we evolved past as a society, Rowdy, All-Star Games?
2: A lot of them. A lot of them. Or how about, did so you sad. see the news that came out right before the weekend with the NBA, how they were adjusting their draft? The All-Star so there draft? was. So there was no person picked last
1: you i didn't, didn't see this no i didn't i didn't they adjusted how
2: they drafted the teams because they wanted nobody selected last so,
1: like do you know what the, how the ins and outs of it no uh, i didn't watch any
2: of it i just saw the headlines
1: i just saw Giannis trying to uh take imagine ja, john being morant but he couldn't a top first.
2: 25 player in the nba and having your feelings hurt
1: that you're getting drafted last. All-Star game draft last. I did not see this. Uh, I, my buddy was watching the All-Star game, and he's like, dude, they are really dragging this pregame on. I'm like, I'm literally just going to wait till the game starts, t- put it on for a bit, see some dunks, and then dip out. All-Star game draft last. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll look into it. I don't think it really matters. Oh, the oh the starters are to be picked last. That's what it is. So if you uh, were were had enough votes to be a starter in the game, then you would be picked last because you would be then for therefore starting. So the people who were picked last were essentially picked first, right? Cause it's the dumbest thing ever. The starters it's, would be. It's the NBA, NBA's all-star uh, NBA All Star Game, NBA All Star Game last night. I wanted to play this for you guys. Uh, it's very bizarre. So we were just talking off air and a little bit on air about TV networks yeah. that have uh, now you know gone the way of the dodo bird. So we had Spike TV. Spike TV is now the Paramount Network. Mm-hmm. And Versus became the NBC Sports Network. Which is no longer a thing. So, I mean... It, Things come and they go, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Turn into other things, yada yada yada. Well, there's one thing that uh, it's not, it's not a network; it's a franchise. There's something that I think will never die, and that's Fast and Furious. There is another Fast and Furious movie coming out. I'm sure you guys have seen maybe some adverts for it. It's it's I don't know how it even still exists, but here we are. But last night, uh, the one constant. In life, besides Fast and Furious movies coming out, is that cool. Vin Diesel stars in them? Yeah, Vin Diesel was the opening speaker, hype man for the NBA's All Star game. I am Groot. I'm going to play you guys Vin Diesel's opening statement, and and it, it's it's weird and it's awkward. I just wanted other people to feel uncomfortable like I did when I listened to it, and then we're going to have to react to it because there's some funny moments in it. It's about a minute twenty, so if you're gonna cringe a little bit, and you may raise an eyebrow and be like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Here is Vin Diesel opening up the 2023 NBA All Star Game. Take a listen. As uh, yes, another fast and Fur- was it Fast and Furious X or is it, is it past- X. I- Jesus. X I think it's on X now. Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's more in the works. Wow. Yeah.
2: I would have guessed like they were at like seven or eight. X.
1: My wife. Uh, she saw an advertisement for X, and she goes, "I stopped caring after Paul Walker died. Like that's the I think first the one. last one. No, I think it was the first, wasn't it? No, no, no he
2: made it more. to like four, four or five.
1: Oh, okay, well, what well, was he in Tokyo Drift? That's when I stopped. No, that's, he no that was Tokyo I tapped Drift out. Was like, hey, we're taking it a different direction. I tapped out in Tokyo and Drift. That
2: was Mike Winchell, the quarterback for the uh, the Panthers <laughs> in Friday Night Live. <laughs>
1: I tapped out after fa- Tokyo Drift. This is when I tapped out.
2: But Paul Walker was the third one cuz it was was it <laughs> Fast and Furious and Too yeah. Fast Too Furious?
1: There's Fast and Furious and Too Fast Too Furious. I then remember that was Ludacris had a song in it.
2: Then Tokyo Drift.
1: Too Fast Too Furious. I'm too fast. I think I y'all. tapped
2: out on Fast 5 cuz wasn't that where they started introducing like The Rock and Jason Th- Statham?
1: <laughs> I I actually stopped after 1. Tokyo Drift was my limit. I said, I'm done with this. Huh. All right. But, anyways, well, I thought Paul Walker, for some reason, died after the first one. RIP Paul Walker. Anyways, Vin Diesel is career. <laughs> Once you know The Rock gets in it, it's it's, it's been it, sold out. You know it's over. Uh, but, Vin Diesel, who. What's his name in the movies? Uh, Dom. Dom something. Dreddo or something. Toledo. Toledo. He'll never die. This is Vin Diesel's He'll never speech. Die. Before the All-Star Game. It's bizarre.
3: As a kid from New York, Let's go! I used to dream about coming to an NBA game. i just going to pause
1: right there quick. You can go to an NBA game like literally whenever, especially if you're in New York. Or if you're now living in L.A. Maybe he meant an All-Star Game, but he's in like an NBA you game. You have
4: two arenas. You yeah,
1: it, it's, if this is your first time ever going, Vin Diesel, like, I, I question your commitment to the NBA. Anyways.
3: And that's why I'm so honored that the NBA asked me to present this year's All-Star Game. We're here to witness the best players in the world to experience true competition
1: in its purest form. I'm just going to pause it right there. The NBA All-Star Game, Vin Diesel proclaims, we're here to witness pure competition. A competition... Uh, d-
3: d- d- just... D- d- to experience true competition in its purest form. It's the NBA All-Star Game. Yeah. The final
1: score is 184 to 175. It's, it's in its purest form.
3: <laughs> yeah. These players have made sacrifices... Game after game, play after play. So families like mine could be inspired. What? Has you ever heard of load management?
1: What? Some of these dudes don't even play half the season. I'm just still kind of confused it? by all. What of sacrifice these? did that Miles Plumley made like twenty million dollars at the end of the bench? I don't know what sacrifices these guys are <laughs> making, so God, he's got an axe on the back of his leather jacket.
3: You all are the best fans in the world. Promo. Tonight is a unique moment in time. Tonight, a star becomes a legend. So enjoy the show. Love. Love.
1: What is Vin Diesel doing? Nobody oh, knows. this is how bad the NBA All Star game is. Vin Diesel's got to be out there rambling a bunch of nonsense and then just leaves. And they promote Fast and Furious X. Um, make it end. Make it stop. It it appears the research department
2: was doing some
1: research. Oh, thank you, Research Department. Uh, Paul Walker appeared in Fast and Furious. No, he appeared in one at the two end. Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Uh, fast Five. I think the Fast Five fast is. Fast
2: and Furious Six.
1: No. They started using old footage of him in, wow. at one point. I'm in guessing the, in it's the... six then, because that's the year he passed away. Okay, that makes sense then. All right, P. Paul Walker. Uh, man, I'm fast and furious.
2: The box will be fine as long as Giannis' wrist is all right, whether he's got to sit down for a couple of weeks or a month.
1: Like, Giannis is in New York today to get more testing on his wrists, okay? But the dude literally played... It wasn't long, but he played in the NBA All-Star game last night. How serious can the wrist injury be if he's out there, I'm sure fighting with some of his team doctors would be like, nah, I'm going to be out there. He scored the first bucket, and then he took himself out of the game. It just feels so like, he like he at played this 20 point, seconds.
2: Milwaukee is on a collision course to play with Boston. Yeah, And Boston was beat up. Like Jalen Brown fractured an orbital bone in his face. Ooh. Uh, obviously, Chris Middleton for the Bucks. Has been trying to come back
1: yeah, they have for a while. They've been minutes, minute count. And then, uh, you know, Drew Holiday's balling. It, it
2: feels. Lopez was balling before the Much break. like most of the NBA regular season. Oh, Jake Crowder hasn't even played yet. All of these top teams are just trying to make it to the postseason. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally. And you see all those kids in the stands, like, I flew a thousand miles to see insert player here play. And the dude's in street close, sitting on the end of the bench, waving at everyone. It's like, I'm just waiting for the playoffs, kid. Good, like, luck, good luck affording those tickets.
2: Boston and Milwaukee are separated by half a game, as the Celtics have won one more game than the Bucks. Yeah, but it just feels like both teams have a ton of injuries. But they're both by far the two most talented teams in in the uh, yeah. Eastern Conference. We're just waiting, laying in and the and we're just waiting for mid-April.
1: Yeah, that's what the NBA is into now. You know, let's load management with these guys, and then get ourselves into April, and the NBA Finals will conclude like late June. <laughs> freaking longest. Remember, the bubble was July. <laughs> but they did they, they did have the stop and start. Yes, they did have to stop it a little bit. And then they had to shut it down for a little bit because some guy uh, left the confines of Disney to go get wings at the strip club. I do believe it was Magic City, if I remember correctly. Who was that? Do you remember a player that Lou was? Lou Williams. Yeah, Lou Williams. And then Johnny Menzel's like, yeah, those are the best wings ever. I would have risked life and limb to go get some wings at a strip club. I've had Thanksgiving dinner... So was Rowdy at the strip club. That was was pretty good, Rowdy. No wings, though. Well, he had turkey wings. (laughs) Hilarity over the weekend. I love the Aaron Rodgers stories. They're so funny. Uh, So Aaron Rodgers said last Tuesday that he was going into his four days of darkness at the end of the week. The end of the week to me, Rowdy, would be Friday. What about for you?
2: I would also say Friday. If,
1: like f- the end of the week, because then now, we get the weekend.
2: Yeah. Some people say, we'll say it's Sunday. Some people also argue that it's Saturday, and he Sunday says. is the first day of the week.
1: Now, for me, when I hear like the end of the week, I think of Friday. Like I think of a work week, like Friday. And then it's my weekend. And then, you know, Monday we start fresh. So Roger said if I'm going by my thinking of the end of the week, Roger said at the end of the week, he's doing his four-day-and-night darkness retreat. Okay. Now, our guy Pac-Fan Ryan, great listener to the show. We love you, Pac-Fan Ryan. Keep consuming red pills. He tweeted out something simple. I wanted to play it for him. He goes, is in complete darkness, is Aaron Rodgers singing this? I- Did he put the picture away, Rowdy?
3: Well,
1: he can't see it at all because he's in complete darkness. I I sat in darkness today. I took some ayahuasca. I can't look in in the the mirror because I get lost as I'm tripping balls. think that would be the updated version of this song. Uh, Three Damn Nights. Well, as soon as Aaron Rodgers went on the darkness retreat, I assume he's in it right now, uh, an old beat reporter For the Green Bay Packers, put out a very interesting story. He literally goes into darkness, Rogers, and then you heard of Bob McGinn. Yep, we used to run uh, Bob McGinn commercials. Yeah, uh, that's what Bob McGinn uh, was teamed up with Rob Reichel for a while. Bob McGinn covered the Green Bay Packers for eons. And then the Packers that took was his, the early days of
2: uh, merging the logs where you had some of the Bob McGinn football promos yeah yeah uh Bob
1: McGinn once was uh I I wouldn't say controversial but he was uh he always prided himself as like no nonsense like I don't I don't cater to anyone I tell it like it is that's what every reporter says I mean you'll look listen to some of them they're complete knobs Bob McGinn got his credentials taken away from the Green Bay Packers after he went off on his own to try to do, which was then what we BobMcGinn dot com or BobMcGinn yeah, Football,
2: was, yeah, BobMcGinn Football. If I remember the promo correctly, which
1: no longer is a thing. I mean, Bob tried his own. I, I don't believe it's still a thing. It could still Cause be because Rob a, Reichel worked for him for a second. Yeah, Robbie is with him
2: because that's. I think that was part of the reason why we were running those promos. Yeah,
1: for for Robbie, yeah, football dot com. It still could be a thing. Uh, and now he works for Go Long, which is. Uh, oh yeah, Bob McGinn. Yeah, that's we're. Uh, BobMcGuffball dot com is it's kind of just a go go check it out. It's just a landing page. It kind of tells you some other things. It's not really a website anymore. But you wish to go along, uh, Tyler Dunn, remember Tyler Dunn wrote that big uh, scathing article about uh, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers. That's where the whole massage thing comes from with uh, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, like you know, being a male content. Yeah, 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 So Bob McGinn got his credentials pulled from the Green Bay Packers because he would no longer work for a certain type of media company. And there was like some big stink about it, and Bob McGinn was all pissed at the Packers, yada, yada, yada. So Aaron Rodgers goes on this darkness retreat. Uh, Bob McGinn puts this um, report out, or I also said on a podcast, he doubled down on it too. Quote, they are done with Rodgers. He's not coming back. They're disgusted with him, and they're done with him. They're moving on. Meanwhile, uh, he said the Packers are extremely high in Jordan Love, saying, quote, they think he's the second coming now. I would think that's either some Jesus connotations, or maybe it was Favre to Rogers, now Rogers to Love, like he is the second coming. This so, Rowdy uh, Bob McGinn says the Packers are disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. They're over the act. They're just they're completely done with them. Ready to throw them away in the wayside on the dumpster. Do you want to know where Bob McGinn gets his sources from, Rowdy? Tell me more. I'll tell you a little more. In the report that he put out there, Bob McGinn, uh, let's see here. Bob McGinn's report derives from, and I quote, his own instincts, his knowledge of the league, and in McGinn's words, quote, discussions with someone who has firsthand knowledge of the team. Listed as his first source of how the Packers are disgusted, done, want to throw Rodgers to the wayside and go, Jordan Love, his first source is, and I quote, his own instincts. I <laughs> want that for a source, Rowdy? Yeah, yeah my source? What would you like to know? It's my own instincts. What do you think of that, Rowdy? The the, the Packers are done with Rodgers. They're sick of his shtick. And why? Well, my own instincts tell me that. Well, I'd be more curious
2: to know who the source close to the situation would be. <laughs> Just because, obviously, this is a guy in Bob McGinn that's been around forever. This is a guy that I'm sure knows people in the know, right? Yeah. Allegedly. And he, and he has broken news sur- you know, surrounding the Green Bay Packers. A long time ago. In the last 50 years. Uh-
1: Yeah, I'd say the last thing really broke something was probably like 15 years ago, maybe. So, I mean, we'll see. There's been no news. My sources, trust me, bro. Trust me, bro. They're done with them, okay? Like, there's shit of the shtick, okay? Trust me, bro. So there's, there's your Aaron Rodgers update. Bob McGinn says his instincts... Tell him that the Packers are fed up and done with them, and a a source close to the program. Well, first his knowledge of the team, and then a source close to the or the uh, the team.
2: I mean, it could be true, but my other thing is, if they're so sick of it, why did they just deal out that huge contract? Right, they never they never had to go back and shell out three years, hundred and fifty million. You know, work it the way that they did, where it gave Aaron Rodgers a lot more power than what he would have had. On the previous deal. And remember, not only did they shell out that new three-year big-time deal, they they crossed off and eliminated one of the years on the deal that he was on prior Yeah, so that they could sign this new deal. It's very weird. If they are, in fact, as disgusted as this report, it's very weird that in the last year they would have done all of these uh, things.
1: Just trust me, though, bro. Trust me. They're sick of them. Line one, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I'm fantastic. How's, how about you? Who is this? Chris?
0: Wow, you still have it. Chris, it's been so long. But I, oh, I didn't forget your yeah, voice, I've been though. busy with Christmas and New Year's.
1: Well, hey, um, happy belated Christmas and happy New Year's.
0: <laughs> uh, thanks. Same to you guys. What's going on, dude? Do so you want some Bob McGinn insight?
1: I would love some.
0: So Bob McGinn and I go way, way back—probably yes. yes. thirty-five yes. years. Yes, I interviewed for a job at the Green Bay Press Gazette with said Bob McGinn.
1: No way! So I've interviewed him a couple times in, in many years ago. Like I've always like liked him, but when his insight is trust me, I have my instincts. Then I get a little red flag, you know.
0: Well, he was the Green Bay Packers guy for the longest time. Oh, when I
1: was a kid, I loved reading the newspaper of Bob McGinn stuff.
0: Yep. And uh, so he started with Green Bay. Well, I don't know if he started. He was with the Green Bay Press-Gazette for the longest time. And then he went to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and then he uh, struck out on his own. Yeah, yeah. But he his. His reporting was typically top notch, but the instinct stuff is a little scary.
1: <laughs> I used to love Bob McGinn. Like, I, I know a lot of people did. Like, he's, he should, is he in some kind of writing hall of fame? He may be. But yeah, he was good stuff. Now, like, that he went off on his own, it just got kind of strange to me a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I, I pitched the story to Bob McGinn, and, and he saw, he, I think he, he, uh, Wound up uh, using the story that I pitched to him, but I didn't get the job. <laughs> so,
1: Damn it, Chris. Damn it. Yeah. Well, credit yourself now. Do you remember the story?
0: Oh, yeah. So it was uh, doing – I I went to school in Green Bay. I went to uh, high school with the uh, Harlan family. So Brian Harlan oh, was yeah. – um, in, in my class he, for a while he worked for the Bears now he is an, a sports agent <clears throat> and then um, his older brother Kevin who is now on um, is a Westwood one and uh, yeah yep does d- does radio um, he, uh, he he cut his teeth on I think I can't remember what the call letters were for our high school radio station um, but I that, you know, you could do a human interest story about the Harlan family because I'd never seen anything in the newspaper about the Harlan family. And this was back, I don't know, in 85, where, uh, you know, Kevin was yeah. starting to make his name yeah, and Brian yeah. was working for the uh, the Bears. And I think eventually they did do that story.
3: <laughs> I but I get you. zero credit <laughs> for it.
1: Hey, well, I'll give you credit, Chris. Well done, man. Great story. Okay. <laughs> so hey, that's hear from me, Chris. Here. Don't be a stranger. Okay, my man. Okay, sounds good. Take care, guys. Hey, see you, buddy. See you, Chris. <laughs> Stole the story right from him. Classic. Turns out he
2: was a little light that week. He said there was a job. Had a lot of people come in and interview and then just uh,
0: uh,
2: gra- in- <laughs> grabbed a few stories from some of the examples used. His instincts told him this story is going to be a good one. Pass it as my own. Ah. Ended up not hiring anybody.
1: we going to hear from Greg Guard coming up here. Uh, i got comments from him following the... Uh, the loss for the Badgers on Saturday. So, Rowdy, you thinking one more loss? And if I mean, what can they afford here? One more loss. One loss? Hey. And again, the road for the Badgers
2: is home against Iowa, at Michigan, home against Purdue, at Minnesota. You got to figure that there's only about one one surefire win in there, right? <sighs> But, like, the most frustrating part. And that's Minnesota.
1: That's the. Maybe.
2: The most frustrating part of all is, and I know this has been brought up today, it's how many close losses they have. You go back even to the beginning of the season, they lost to Kansas by one in overtime. A lot of things you can point at when it came to officiating and missed calls or or too many, say, fouls down low in the second half on Wisconsin. Should have won that game. You lost to Wake Forest by three, which yep. is actually a solid team in the ACC. You had a six-point weed with less than four minutes left. That one hurts. And then you get to the Big Ten. You start out 3-0. and oh, Tyler Wall hurts his ankle. Lose to Illinois. You lose to Michigan State by four without Wall. You'd imagine with a healthy Wall, they're beating Michigan State in that game. You did get absolutely smoked by Indiana. But then you look at Two games you lost to Northwestern, both by a basket. You got smoked by Maryland. (laughs) But then the other Illinois game, yeah, on paper it says you lost by 10, but that was a really close game the entire game until the very end. Yeah. And then you lost at Nebraska in overtime, and you lost by one point to Rutgers.
1: How do you lose to Nebraska? Like, that's awful. Well, I know they do their patented scoring droughts at the end of the games. Like, that, that loss on Saturday. You have eight games.
2: Eight games in which you lost extremely close games this season where you had a lead late or it was back and forth the entire game.
1: Yeah. Eight. And you go on these tears where you can't score a free throw to save your life or you go on these long, uh, well, one was 11 minutes almost of a drought. They did beat Michigan with that, but before like Saturday was two droughts at the end. They missed their final five shots of the game. It was terrible. Now... They
2: do have Iowa on Wednesday. They beat Iowa Iowa, on December 11th at Iowa.
1: Iowa was without a bunch of guys though, right? In
2: overtime. They weren't with a bunch of guys, but but they weren't playing well at that time.
1: Yeah, I thought they had like two guys that were out or one guy was out injured. Uh, Uh, I think they
2: only, I think they only had one guy out, out for that game, but it was right after the Badgers beat them. They really got hit hard, but. Yeah. Oh, Iowa man, was wasn't I, Iowa wasn't playing that good of basketball at that time Ugh. and Wisconsin was mm. now it's kind of flipping the script I know Iowa got beat up on over the weekend by I believe it was Northwestern but at the same time overall Iowa has been playing a lot better basketball they've gotten their guys back Wisconsin hasn't been yeah. and pretty much all these games are must wins yeah you probably got to go 3 and 1 to finish the Big Ten season, finish uh ten and ten in the Big Ten to have a real shot.
1: You want to talk about craziness in college basketball? North Carolina, the preseason number one Tar Heels. You mean the defending national champs? Yeah. <laughs> they lost at home to Miami by eight, then on the road to NC State by eight in a week. And they desperately needed those wins to keep their tournament hopes alive. North Carolina has zero quad one wins. And barring any crazy surprises, they will likely be the first preseason number one team to miss the NCAA tournament. Think about that. I mean, I know it's bad for Wisconsin right now, but North Carolina, (laughs) they're probably going to miss the NCAA tournament. Yeah, uh, but the thing with
2: North Carolina is it's an easy fix, right? You have one down year and all of a sudden you can recruit at the level that North Carolina does yeah. and you hit on a couple of those big time recruits that are, you know, some of the best guys in the country. They have the name. And the next thing you know is North Carolina's in the final four 2 years out, you know, a, a year after missing the tournament. Yeah. If Wisconsin has a down year like like a North Carolina year this year where it's like, okay, well they missed the tournament, do you all of a sudden think the following year that that's no. a Final Four team? No. Because we know that North Carolina has that
1: potential. Yep. That doesn't work the same way for Wisconsin. <sighs> it's getting tough times, Rowdy. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll hear from Greg Guard after 8 o'clock. Where are we at, the fire guard situation here? Where, where are you sitting with the fire guard stuff?
2: I bet mean, he still gets... Oh, if it means anything. There's another year. I did not watch the game on Saturday. I did not make it an appointment viewing... I chose to do something else. Now
1: with that, a lot of people have that same kind of uh inkling now. And hell, if you looked at the game on Saturday, the student section, the the bottom bowl was full. Other than that, it was all empty. Does that is that an indictment on Greg Guard? You can't fill up a call center on a Saturday at eleven o'clock. I mean it is tough, especially when you technically
2: are still in it, and that was a very winnable game, was it not? And that was like, I'm not saying that's a... Well, Rutgers had lost three straights. Was that a must win? And they play exactly like Wisconsin when it comes to their style of basketball. Lower scoring team that's going to play good defense.
1: That was a must win. They're all must wins from here on out because you're, you're firmly... I don't, like And you found a way to lose. Where are you sitting right now for the tournament? Like I saw, the Husner, uh, this was before the Rutgers game. How's an 11 seed sound badgers? Things are going their way. And then they lost to the Rutgers.
2: Yeah. How am I feeling about the tournament? They're not going to it. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of how I felt since they lost to Nebraska. Yeah. If you can't protect a 17 point lead against Nebraska, you're not. Tournament worthy. All right, I'm on the bracketology right now, and I know that Nebraska again got another win against Maryland. Nebraska all of a sudden has become probably the second hottest Big Ten team behind, weirdly enough, Northwestern.
1: Uh, I, Northwestern, but still potentially could win the Big Ten. If you can't, they're long. If you but. can't hold
2: a 17 point lead against a team that's below 500. What
1: tournament do you deserve?: I'm on Joe Luinardi's bracketology right now. At
2: this point, if they continue to go down this road and lose these close games and say down the stretch, they have to go three and one, but they go one and three, CBI won't even take their money.
1: <laughs> you got to pay what was it 10 grand? I think or it was 50, five, 50 grand? Oof duh. Right now, Joe Luinardi on the bubble, last four in. Kentucky, North Carolina, Clemson, Wisconsin—last
2: four in. You know what's really, really weird about that? So when you were on vacation and mm-hmm. it was Ben, Kenny, and I, we were talking about the Joe Lenardis and the Ken Palms and everything like that. Well, Wisconsin was on the outside looking in. They were they were the first four out. Yeah, I know. I that. And then the week while you were here before that, they were the next four out. They were the first team in the next four out, which means technically they would have been like the fifth team out of the tournament. <clears throat> yeah. And then when you left, mm-hmm. they had got up to one of the first four teams out. Well, the thing was, they weren't winning. They were just losing to good teams. Yeah. And somehow it was Bring in their their stock up. Were other that's, people losing around that's them. This kind of, they must have been yeah. because that's that's the same thing that's happening now. It's like okay, well, just the other just the other week, they were in the first four out. Now they've moved up into the last four in, and this is what they've done: <laughs> one <laughs> at Penn State, we'll take it. Lost at Nebraska, one at home against Michigan, and lost at Rutgers. Or sorry, lost at home against Rutgers, but still, it's not like they're all of a sudden just killing it. They're two and two, and they're three and so three in their last six. With
1: the so the sixty-eight team bracket for Joe Lunardi, the Wisconsin Badgers are a play-in game. It'll be Wisconsin versus Clemson, eleven seeds, and they have a little cross by them. The cross stands for new team added to bracket. So this is this is this has been updated after Saturday. So Wisconsin, despite losing. Is a first four in? They're a play in game against Clemson. And now Ken Palm has them as the seventy first
2: team ranked, which yeah, means sixty eight again. Yeah. yeah, right on the borderline of of your top sixty eight. Again, right on the line. What about that borderline, Madonna. But here is the thing: it's like okay, well they they have four games left before the Big Ten tournament. And to to for sure make the, the NCAA tournament, you probably gotta finish three and one.
1: Yeah. And Purdue is their biggest home task. against Iowa tough. At
2: Michigan. Tough which Michigan plays better at home, yeah. but they're very inconsistent. Their coaches. Purdue, terrible. who's all of a sudden kind of losing a lot as of
1: late. They just whooped the hell out of Ohio State.
2: And then it's Minnesota, and Minnesota's by far the worst team in the Big Ten this year.
1: Yeah. But there's really no
2: guaranteed wins. Maybe You could easily talk yourself into Minnesota, but that's still on the road. Still a rivalry game.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about it. We'll hear from Greg Gard on the way.
2: But maybe, maybe. Just maybe. Some of these losses are just continuing to build their stock. It's like, hey, that's another good loss, even though you blew it in the last five minutes again. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey we'll your, rank, your ranking went up to 69th after that loss. Nice.
1: Gregory Gard, the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> This is how weird the season has been. I mean, think of where the season started. What were where did the badgers get at highest ranked? Were they like high teens? Were they, yeah, uh, they were in the teens. They're high teens ranked. I, I think mean they're they, around 14, 15, They somewhere. should have beat Kansas. Like they pushed them to the limit. They should have beat Wake Fort. There's a bunch of wins there. Like, damn, these badges are good. And then Tyler Wall got injured and all kind of spiraled out of control after that. And now I mean Connor Siegen got put in the starting lineup. Jordan Davis got put on the bench, and rightfully so, as he should have been. We were calling that since, like, game number three. But believe it or not, this is how wild the season is. Jordan Davis off the bench had the most points. He had 14. He was, like, in fuego from beyond the arc. Connor Asijan, who has been the offense as of late, did diddly poo. He made zero shots in the game. He was 0 for 10 from the field, including 0 of 7 from beyond the arc. And then Chucky Hepburn... He stunk too. I mean, another game of single digits, and Rowdy, we were getting calls earlier today. Why did Gardo take out Jordan Davis at the end of the game and start try to run the offense through a siegen and Hepburn when Jordan Davis, who was the hot hand, should have been at the end shooting the shots? What bizarre world are we living in? Like this is—it's so wild to think about. Like this is where we've come.
2: This is probably not going to be the most popular take. But I'm really not worried about Connor Sejan, Chucky Hepburn. We'll even go to a point, Max Klesman. Yeah. Like those guys struggling, because every once in a while, Jordan Davis, he's proven that when given decent minutes this year, if he gets in a little bit of a shooting stroke, he can knock down some shots.
1: Yeah, exactly. now
2: that's been few and far between. <laughs> Chucky, you would say overall, Chucky Hepburn, Connor Sejan, and Max Klesman have been. Three of the yes. five or six solid players on this team, and they've pretty much brought it most every game, correct. right? Correct, correct. Yeah, okay, Connor Sejan, freshman, oh for ten, oh for 7 from behind the arc, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Chucky Hepburn didn't necessarily take as many shots as he normally would, wasn't knocking any down. Klezman was eh, okay. Mm-hmm. I I, that's that's a pass for me. It's like, okay, you had a bad game. The guards had bad games. The thing where you just keep looking at is the big men. It's like where what has happened was
1: mighty big Steve
2: since Tyler Wall hurt his ankle because Stephen Crowell had a few games in there where he was the focal point because again, Tyler Wall hurt his ankle. But since since coming back. Tyler wall has been bad. He's just been bad. Yeah. And, and crawl hasn't done a whole lot either. How can your two big men that, you know, you're already pretty thin at the forward position. How can your two big men combine the play 65 minutes have 15 points. It's, like,
0: it's, you need more than that. You
2: need you need more than what Crow and Wall have been giving you as of late. Yeah. Like well, the guards, the shooting's gonna come and go. But when the big men struggle down low and those are the two guys that are consistently playing most of the minutes, because what? Once Wall came back, they're really only playing three three legit uh four and fives. It's yeah. Crow, yeah. it's Wall, and then it's
1: Carter Gilmore. Yeah, the the, ben- the bench is so thin. All right, well, let's hear from Gardo. Gardo talks. Now, Conor has been in the offense lately, and he wasn't any offense, really, against Rutgers. Here is uh, Gardo on the rough night for Sejan.
4: Anytime you're a shooter, you're going to go through great days, and you're going to go through rough days. I remember Kirk Penny going oh for something Kurt or one for right? a lot. Brevin Pritzel went over 11 one night. You're going to have those moments. I mean, he's been doing so well as a freshman that I think, you know, not that you want these type of days, but over the course of time, you try not to have too many of them and trying to find other ways to to impact the game.
1: Now, Gardo. So I agree with Gard. Yeah. Gard yeah. and I agree on this. There you go. Are well, we going to go talk it over the corn cob boil, Rowdy, in the summer? Gardo says he'll take his chances with the looks that Asijin and Hepburn both
4: were getting. Here he is. Obviously, I thought he had good looks. Chucky had good looks. They're all great out the shot selection. But you go two for 13 between those two guys from three. I'll take our chances because you know, they're both in the mid to upper 40s percentage wise. But credit Rutgers for defending how they needed to defend.
1: All right, speaking of defending, uh, Rutgers defending big time down low. The Badgers shot 36 three pointers, it was the most in a Big Ten game in school history. 22 attempts in the second half, which was also a school record in a conference game. Gardo talks on why they shot all these three point attempts.
4: We weren't going to let Steve or Tyler operate one on one very often. So that's part of it. He's got a lot of traffic. And then that's why he have so many opportunities from three because of how the paint is jammed up. Whether they sent a straight double team or if they were digging real hard and rotating, you know, there wasn't a lot of daylight in there for either one of those guys most of the day.
1: All right, so we know the Big Ten has got
2: a lot of big, good, big men. Isn't that another frustrating thing, kind of what Greg Gard just said there? Yeah. It's like, yeah, lately they haven't been allowing our big man to really operate one-on-one, and they've gotten a lot of good looks. That's what's so frustrating about losing some of these close games. It's like it always comes out of the very end, and they go on a scoring drought, but it's not like in those scoring droughts. Where the other team is playing lockdown defense and it's hard to get shots off, and you just nothing's falling. They've they've had open looks and they're just not making them. Yep. Yeah. And then when the big man, whether it be Wall or Crowell, finally gets an opportunity to go one on one or makes a nice pass to the other, they've blown so many freaking point blank layups. It's unbelievable.
1: It really is. And Gardo talks about like having to knock down those. Of those 36 three-pointers, I mean, what, 12 went in? Gardo says you have to knock 30, 30, you have to knock three-pointers down when Rutgers is playing the post the way they do.
4: That's by design. That's typically how they play. Jamming things up and then, you know, contesting threes. And you got to knock those down when they're when they're loaded that much to the ball. And have that many bodies in the paint, you, you've got to be able to knock down some shots.
1: So this was like, you know, early in the season when Wisconsin was good, they were winning these Close games by was it five or less points? They were a juggernaut in winning close games, and the score line was always you know it was a low scoring game. Every possession matters in every game, especially low scoring games. though, here's guard on that.
4: You come down to the last possession, and we've been in a lot of these, and you, the spotlight goes on that that we we don't convert. But uh, like I said, there's things we'll find as I go through the tape that put us in that position. But typically against Rutgers. As most teams in this league, it's a lower possession, you know, rock fight, so to speak. And uh, that's where every possession matters, no matter if it's in the last 11 seconds or the first 11 minutes.
1: All right, Rowdy. So right now, again, Bracketology has them as the first four in. They're a play-in game as an 11 seed. Yeah, I feel like all of those teams
2: that have been right in there with Wisconsin kind of You've seen Penn State kind of in that mix. Yeah, it's the same teams, and it feels like they're just juggling like those ten to twelve teams around. They're like, oh, well, this team lost to a to a good team, and this team beat a crappy team. Let's just put this team here and this team.
1: We'll see how it goes, but uh, four games left. Marquette's a three seed right now. Marquette's winning the Big East. Wisconsin beat Marquette. Remember right? yeah, that? Yeah, it was a long time That's ago. Like a different team ago. Kansas is a one seed. It's so long. Wisconsin should have beat Kansas. I've almost forgot about it. It's been been 87 years. Purdue, a one seed, obviously. Uh, Who else has ones here? Alabama and Houston, your other ones. Well, Uh, we'll get to see
2: them play that number one seeded Purdue team in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. Fingers crossed on that one. (laughs)